Hello, my loves, and welcome to Raw Empowerment, a safe space to nurture a community that is free of judgment, a space for us to connect on everything that makes us human in its rawest form, and to recognize that no one is ever, ever alone, a space to heal and to grow, and most importantly, a space to love. Namaste. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Raw Empowerment. Today I'm joined by an incredible human being. His name is Hayden Stone, and I had the pleasure of meeting this wonderful soul. Actually, I want to say I was 17, and we worked at a restaurant in Old Town Scottsdale in Arizona together. Came really close, became really good buds, and come to find out, oddly enough, that our stories go way farther back than we had expected. My stepmother and his cousin used to work at the exact same restaurant about 20 years ago, which is wild. And since then, our friendship has just flourished. We still get coffee and tea and have some kick-ass dinners whenever we get the chance. And this man has so much strength and so much soul, and he's definitely an old soul, and has so much wisdom and vibrance beyond his years. It's... It's truly magnetic. But when I first spoke with him about the idea of this podcast, I had originally intended our conversation to kind of stem around the idea of what it's like being a male in today's society and being open emotionally, being vulnerable, being raw. Any challenges that could come from that since a lot of the guy friends that I have have always had an internal struggle with being vulnerable and being open. But as Hayden and I's conversation usually end up, we hit a multitude of topics, which all encompassing have to do the same thing, mental well-being, mental wellness, and just overall wellness of the human body, the human condition. We talk about depression and anxiety. We talk about self-care, the healing process, therapy, and overall love. And as always, I prompted him with the ever-encompassing question of who he is and what sets his soul on fire most. And so with that, I'm going to pass the torch over to Mr. Hayden Stone. Um, that's a great question, actually. I'm 24 and I'm figuring out every day of my life still. <laughs> and honestly, I, I still don't know on a day-to-day basis who I am. And so it, it's interesting for me, but if I were to make it into a quick nutshell, I, I'm someone who grew up in a very toxic household that has a super strong feeling to help other human beings and people along my path. And um, I think that definitely comes a lot from my mom and my grandparents and other people that I've had across my life. But that's what really I feel so strongly about. And and in my later, you know, I'm 24 in my later years. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. But in my later years of my 24 years on this earth, 
I feel more connected to that feeling more than any feeling I have. And um, especially with the work I do and the job I have, I feel so connected to that feeling of helping people and wanting to help in any way I can. And um, that's, that's what really, that's what really sets my soul on fire, I guess, if I were to describe it. And that's, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. As you've obviously shown, you have an act to be able to become very vulnerable in a, in a safe space that serves you, which is one that you and I have created throughout the time that we've known each other, which has been beautiful. And altogether intrinsic and interesting is have you always been that way? Have you always been that sensitive kid, if you will, um, for lack of a better term, where you feel as though you can open up or is it specific people that you felt that comfortable with? That's a really interesting question. Um, For me, um, after high school, I had an opportunity to go to this uh, transformational course is what what it was called. And I did it with my mom. Mm -hmm. And it was about a four or five day course, 12 or 15 hours a day. And it was very um, spiritually awakening and very much almost like an out-of-body experience I'd never experienced, like church times 10. And, um, you know, doing that with my mom was amazing because her and I got to connect. But doing that for myself, I felt that it really connected me to who I am and who I wish to be in my life here on this earth. And so, you know, when I was younger, I was very to myself. Uh, I was very, uh, you know, I was outspoken, uh, very outspoken. When I was growing up, I was diagnosed with ADD, ADHD. And so I saw a um, psychiatrist for a number of years and was on medication for a number of years. So, you know, I was quite reserved in a lot of areas, but also uncontrollably uh, very, very outspoken and not understanding the way of the game, the way of the world. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand social norms, uh, nor did I try to learn. And so looking back on that uh, from a personal perspective, was so uncomfortable for me (laughs) because you know but but again I I realized that I'm just a human being and that's what makes me a human being is I'm perfectly imperfect Mm -hmm. and and I love myself for that all the more yeah and uh so I I don't think I was always vulnerable uh with a lot of people but now that I've, I've I've been through two transformational classes with my mother both times and um honestly i have someone in my life that's very special to me who i consider much more than uh, this title i'm about to say much much more more special than i can ever think of and uh, he's my mentor Mm -hmm. and so having him in my life he has opened me up to exploring so many of the things that i feel and 
and having that has really opened up for me being vulnerable and being okay with being vulnerable mm. because vulnerability helps other people as well as helping you yes and and having vulnerability in, in any subject or area allows a conversation to start mm -hmm. and having that conversation starting is the key yes to mental health and dealing with I, I have this saying uh, that I've adopted from my mentor uh, dealing with the bag of pus we all carry with each other <laughs> yeah you know and I think it's you know growing up I was in a very toxic household so it was very difficult and I found a safe haven uh, through my cello mm. and that was my therapy that was my best friend and that was my escape mm. but um understanding that we all i believe we all carry a bag of pus we all have quote shit yeah end quote that we deal with yeah and uh, and furthermore uh we we really we really have fucked it up mm. pardon my language but we've really fucked it up because we, we kind of hide about it yeah and it's like we're all hiding and playing a card that we're, we don't have issues we're dealing with or situations that we're in a negative space or, <clears throat> or family situations or any external circumstances or internal circumstances that we're going through that lead us down a path to where we got some shit in our bag now. Mm. That's a hustle carrying around. Yeah. So in that aspect, I believe vulnerability is so empowering and enlightening and uplifting for so many people. Mm -hmm. For so many people. I think in 2021, 2020, you know, now where we're all at as opposed to even 20 years ago, but yeah. 50 years ago, mm. being able to open up about this is the key to connecting us all in so many other ways that we couldn't have anticipated. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you feel that, I mean, I, I know that you were, we've talked about this, where you were raised in a very toxic household and you had a lot of toxic masculinity in your life at that period of time, which was a very pivotal age to start to understand masculinity and how it falls in your life. But do you specifically feel that a lot of that stress of being unable to unpack that vulnerability and be able to express your emotions holds a deeper weight being a man? Well, for me, um, I need a little bit more. For me, I'm not sure what toxic mas masculinity means. Mm. The masculine energies that you were raised with, from what you've told me, definitely did not shed a very positive light on how you should show your emotions and how you should deal with life stresses. So I know that that has impacted you substantially, but then you've also been able to gain more positive masculine energies like your mentor, where you were finally able to start opening up to the idea of vulnerability. So I know that you already had 
early childhood experiences that shedded poorly on the idea of showing your emotions because of how you're raised. But do you feel as a society, it's a, it weighs a lot deeper on men in general? That's an interesting question. I think for me, I, I can't speak to toxic masculinity amongst the masses, um, but I can speak to toxic upbringing. And I can speak to can speak to that and for me I grew up with a single mother who raised two children two boys and that was it, it was difficult uh, because you know I, I grew up with my mother there uh, but a lot of times it was uh, lacking if you will and I never was taught how to uh, treat my brother or be a brother mm. but I always wanted and uh, for sure, because it always felt like we were in this toxic bubble. Both of us grew up at the same dinner table. And so, you know, but, he, but unfortunately for me, my brother was a big source of my uh, uh, torture. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father was there, but was never uh, there. And, you know, and then my mom, she had uh, a couple of boyfriends but one of them always stuck in my heart for sure. All of them did because, mm -hmm. you know, not having a secure father was always looking for father figures for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, looking back on it, there were very many good times, but very many toxic times with all of those boyfriends she had. Yeah. And so from a masculine standpoint, I always, you know, even though I was in the shit growing up, uh, looking back on it, there were so many positive things that I took away from it that for me, <clears throat> for me, it was not good when I was in the shit, but now that I look back on it, one of these guys, I, you know, wrote a letter to, mm -hmm. and we talk, and uh, we get together. This one guy for me was just great, but if we're gonna, if, if it's put into the context of toxic masculinity or feminine uh, toxicity, uh, you know, or father uh, influences and mother influences, mm -hmm. I think for me, there's no divide. There's no one or the other. For me, it's about uh, the human condition. Mm -hmm. For me, it's about uh, we're all human beings. And, and for me, when I uh, when I was 21, I decided to sit down and talk with my parents, both of them. Mm -hmm. And I decided to write a letter to my mother, my father, and my brother, mm -hmm. three people that were very prominent in my youth and uh, who I am today. And in the letters, I wrote out uh, how it was growing up for them and to have them as a mother, to have... Uh, my father as a father and to have my brother as a brother and what that was for me. Mm. And this was a very, you know, for me, very personal, very selfish thing. And I say selfish in a positive way yeah. because this is uh, in the lowest sense. I don't know if I want to say this, but it's almost like a report card for your family mm. through your eyes. Yeah. And this was very instrumental for me 
and I'm just so blessed that I did it mm. because looking back on it, um, you know, I, I sat down with my father and I read him the letter and then I sat down with my mother and I read the letter and I, I sent my brother the letter and um, it was transforming because I, you know, after I read the letter, I almost shed 14 skins, you know, it's like, I don't carry that weight. Mm-hmm. And the things we deal with, for me, the things I deal with, uh, will live with me for forever. Yeah. And uh, we all have those other sides of the voices. Uh, for me, you know, my name's Hayden, but my darkness I call Harold. <laughs> and I named it. Yeah. Specifically because uh, you have, you know, the first moment to freedom is acceptance. Yeah. For me, it was. And um, so so that was very freeing for me and something I still deal with till this day, but uh, I think I'll deal with for forever. And slowly, it for me, it has slowly become less and less of a louder voice in my head and my heart. Yeah. And something that's been lighter and lighter and lighter every single time it comes up. I have to deal with it and you know when I say it comes up it's like a uh, trigger yeah so I've understood through going from 21 to 24 over the last two three years that you know there are tools you can add to your tool belt along the way Mm -hmm. that I never realized you know I didn't even understand the concept of a tool belt yeah in terms of mental and spiritual instruments to help you through triggers Mm -hmm. and depression and anxiety and so that's kind of where I am with that I think it's really a a a human condition not to say though that there aren't the stereotypical ego driven uh macho man attitudes yeah I believe that that's a thing uh I have adopted this call it the big dick syndrome Mm -hmm. you know I think that's a very real thing but I also think that that can be a real thing for women too, mm. but more so men. Definitely. But after all that though, I think, the, I think the bottom line is we're all human beings and we all have our own bag of pus. Yeah. No matter how the interactions or upbringings go with our fathers, with our mm. grandfathers, with our brothers, I think we all as an individual deal with or have and deal with shit or our own bag of pus on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's that shift of perspective is what you had that's made, you have that feeling of those 14 shades of skin shed off of you. Finally, uh, a weight is lifted, but I love how you said that it's still with you because of course those experiences shape you, but it's the shaping of your perspective that has made it come into a more positive light where Previously, you can look back at this 100-pound bag of shit <laughs> that you've had throughout the 24 years and be like, oh my God, that's, that's so much. How can I ever carry all this? But you going back to 21, which I, I always say about our friendship and I commend you for figuring this out as young as you were to start setting those boundaries and already recognize how your upbringing has brought you to where you are, but also how it's affected you positively, even though in the moment it was very toxic and very inherently negative. 
you were able to shift your perspective. And so, yes, you still carry this weight, but it's, it's lighter in an essence where it's shaping you to be who you were meant to be in a very positive way, because like you brought up the idea of the toxic femininity as well. Mm. For me, I have a beautiful mother who is divine femininity to me, but I definitely throughout a very pivotal time in my life, as I've shared with you, had a very toxic feminine energy that came into my life through my dad's dating experience whenever my, my mom and him separated. That was very detrimental and I had a lot of trauma around that and I was like nine to 13. So that's like a very hard age and it's like similar to the ages that you experienced very everything, the literally the same age. Yeah. yeah. And so like what a pivotal time to experience that it's so amazing that you like brought up the letter again. Cause I remember you telling me that story and I remember being so stoked to hear that you did that. Cause that's so healing to you more so than anyone else. And that's incredible. Cause not even, I want to say two weeks ago, I did the same thing. I didn't send it, but I wrote it for myself mm-hmm. and I wrote a thank you letter to my dad's ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's probably a page or two long being very blunt and candid about it, like thanking her for the shit that she put me through in a very blunt way, but with the comma saying how it helped me and how I'm able to be where I'm at now because of that. And it's like recognizing it's the human condition. We're all holding our own wheelbarrow of stuff from the past. That's, that's affecting obviously how we interact with others every day. And it's recognizing that others are on their own journey of healing and they could be in a space where I've been, where you've been, where we don't recognize that we're in the healing process. And it's toxic for us too, because we can't understand where we are in that process and where we stand. And that's why, that's why people act so toxic is because they don't know that they're on that path, you know, and all their insecurities and their past traumas come up. The fact that you were able to switch the perspective and now recognize the things that have shaped you into what you are, not so much as a weight on you anymore, but things that could be shifted to, to uplift you more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to something you said. Yes. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was, when I was 21 and I, I did, write those letters to my parents and my brother and I didn't do those things. Um, I want to make it very clear to everybody that this wasn't just an epiphany that I had. This was uh, some serious premeditated shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a lot of help on the way. I had a lot of help from uh, my mentor and I had a lot of help with my self-talk. But, you know, not everyone is blessed to have someone like I have in my life. And I just want to recognize that the number one thing to jumpstart your self-help process or self-growth or coming through the motions that bring you to a higher level of your true self, the number one thing I can, I can suggest is get a therapist. Absolutely. Or get two or three therapists. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it'll take you one therapist and it's not feeling right, go to another therapist because 
or group therapy, mm -hmm. self-help groups. I'm sure there are groups for everything. There are there are so many places out there. Honestly, that is the number one thing. Oh, uh, absolutely. Because I I don't by <clears throat> by any means think that I'm just. I I definitely had a teacher, and I definitely had someone who is so so amazing to me mm -hmm. that has shown me so many lights along the way in the last three four years of my life that I, I just don't I still to this day don't understand how I met him how he met me but it is it's something that I have come to terms with that I believe that it's just in the higher powers hands but for me that's just where it is absolutely and, and we have we have multiple teachers and it's it's when you're in that space and open to receive recognizing that we're also social creatures at the end of the day we can't do everything alone the healing process yes you technically have to do on your own but it's all catapulted by teachers and by mentors and by therapists and it has to start somewhere it's good yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so that that would be the number one thing i would suggest to anybody mm. dealing with any shit in their lives or not understanding or knowing you get a therapist Absolutely. And, and even if you're not dealing with shit get a therapist anyways because literally there are so many things for me anyways if i didn't have this person in my life you know i would not understand or know how to deal with things on a daily basis not only emotionally mentally physically so many things mm -hmm. so that's the number one thing i can suggest and there are a number of apps that are out there there's a number of things that you can do yeah one of the most recent things i've done is um you know i have it i had I've had multiple therapists mm -hmm. and my most recent journey getting a therapist or a new therapist was, um, you know, I, I realized that there are multiple types of therapy mm -hmm. and in my search for a therapist, one of the places that I went to was psychologytoday.com or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I would search for cognitive behavioral therapists. And it, you know it, it, would, it would filter the searches, but I'd click on a profile, and it would give me, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy would be one of the ten to fifteen or twenty-five things that's listed on their profile that they are do therapy for. They have specialists for a reason. Yeah. And so that's exactly what I wanted was a cognitive behavioral therapy therapist. Honestly, if you're gonna get a therapist, you gotta know. Uh, what you're looking for and get tested. The number one thing for me was, you know, I'm, I was diagnosed in the fourth grade as ADD, mm -hmm. but I'm 24 now. So do I have ADD? Do I have anxiety disorders? Do I have depression disorders? Am I bipolar? What, what yeah, yeah, what I am I? <laughs> so I got to take tests. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And along the way, also the therapist uh, gave me tests and sent me to places to get tests free online. Mm -hmm. So it's all out there. Yeah. The bottom line for sure is it's all out there. And there are people that give a shit and there are people that care. Yes. Again, I for sure, by no stretch of the imagination, could have gotten to this place where I'm at on my own. Absolutely. And uh, go get help or get a group. Mm. or get something other than just navigating it by yourself. Absolutely. And I mean, it starts also with these types of conversations, strictly even with friends. Like that's how my journey started, where I had a lot of deep, intrinsic, beautiful conversations with friends that were very raw and very vulnerable. And ironically, as a psych major, I was stubborn as hell and didn't want to go to therapy because I was, I was too 
I was too worried about the stigma, even though I literally was studying it. But it took a friend sitting me down and telling me that I needed to go was what made all the difference. You know, it's, it's always the influence of other people that can make that very impactful influence into your life. And then, I mean, I, I could not be more eternally grateful to have started the journey, journey of therapy and then that leak into other teachers, which have been for mental wellness and for spiritual journeys as well that have led me to where I am. So it's definitely not a one-man show mm-hmm. by any means. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. The most important issue is that humans are imperfect. Mm-hmm. For this whole conversation, that human beings are imperfect. And that's what makes us human beings. And, you know, we need to appreciate that for real, for real. Like, we need to seriously appreciate that because I don't think we do. I don't think we do at all to really get that. And your imperfections just make you a human being. I mean, that is the bottom line. Yeah. And so it doesn't make us anything else but a human being, Mm. all of it. It doesn't make us stupid. It doesn't make us lazy. It doesn't make us mentally ill. It doesn't make us mentally ill. It just makes us a human being. Thank you all so, so much for listening in on part one of this amazing episode with Hayden Stone. We have attached multiple resources below to know that you are never, ever alone. You are loved so, so deeply, and I can't wait to share more with you in part two.